Listening Dog Media. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Brazilian goalkeeper Herelio Gomez arrived in the Premier League in 2008 after signing for Tottenham Hotspur from Dutch club PSV. Known for his outstanding reflexes and penalty saves, what is less known about Gomez is his background before football and his generosity off the pitch. He's closing in on 150 appearances for Watford and kindly sat down with the offside rule at their London Colney training base to discuss his career to date. Offside Rule Exclusives with Kate Borsay and Lindsay Hooper. Herelio, thank you very much for joining us. Um, I, want to, I want to start by jumping in with the fact that you were pretty late to football. You were more or less 16 years old before you actually became a goalkeeper, weren't you? Uh, it's not normal, you know, in the, in the football life. But, uh, yeah, that's happened. And when you want to do things, it's never too late. And I, I put that on my mind. I wanted to be a footballer in that time. And, uh, yeah, my place was in goal and I, I worked very hard. So I still learn until the, today. <laughs> so you had played some football and you'd actually played, was it a striker or a forward yeah. role? And then what was it that made you say, actually, I'm more suited to being between the sticks? Yeah, I was a Peter Crouch before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like to score a few goals and... Uh, and uh, of course, uh, one day I was playing uh, uh, the goalkeeper. I was playing like a, a Sunday Sunday football, you know. And um, the goalkeeper didn't uh, didn't show up, and uh, it was a place in goal to play. I was uh, I was going to be on the bench anyway, so I said I put my hand up. I can play goal, and I never, I never <laughs> did before. So I played in goal, and I did very well. And I just kept uh, kept playing goal because because uh, I in that time I realized that uh, that could be my place. I imagine with any Brazilian that they are born into football. Football's part of your life. Yeah. When did you start playing football? Is that is that true for you as well? Were you always kicking a ball around? Was there a big football culture when you were growing up? Yeah, I I, I came from a very small town. You know, I born in a farm, and so we used to play on the street. And uh, in that time, every kid in Brazil, every, every, every kid, they want to play football. They want to become a footballer, you know. And uh, uh, sometimes we, we used to kick uh, anything, you know, just to, to say that uh, I was playing football. But sometimes it wasn't uh, even ball to, to kick. I, may, I, may, I used to make with, made with clothes. Something with clothes, you know, that, uh, yeah, yeah uh, also socks, with the socks. <laughs> we used to do this. and uh, So here and we have a the, phrase, jumpers for goalposts. Exactly. With you it was jumpers for balls. Exactly. We, we, because it was a difficult time for us uh, and uh, we didn't have uh, enough money to buy our football and, and that was a tough time. But uh, we, we, even that we enjoyed, you know. Who did you want to be? Who were your footballing idols at that time? Yeah, to be honest, uh, uh, because I started to play as outfit players, uh, always looking for Romario, you know, and uh, players like that. Because uh, 
when I become uh, a goalkeeper later on, I, I turn I turn on my <laughs> my mind and I, I start to focus on Dida. He played for AC Milan as well, and uh, of course uh, the big goalkeeper in Brazil, big name also Tafarel. And uh, I start to follow him. I start to uh, to want to be like him, you know, like them, because uh, uh, it's the two goalkeepers that I I was looking for to be like them but you're never going to be like someone you have to be yourself and I try to just try to, to catch as much as I can in, uh, in, uh, in that situation You played for Cruzeiro yeah. in, in Brazil and you, you had a lot of success with them and, and were brought to the attention of, of a scout you mentioned Romario it's actually the same scout who scouted Romario who spotted yeah. you wasn't it? Yeah, that, that's the one, Peter Davis, uh, Dutch uh, scout. And it uh, uh, was, was like a funny, uh, I was playing for Brazil under 23 uh, in a competition uh, in Chile. And uh, PSV wanted a, a, a goalkeeper, three goalkeepers in that time. They was going to sign three goalkeepers. And then uh, he, he watched me on a warm-up and he text goes hitting in that time. And he said, number one, Gomez, number two, Gomez, number three, Gomez. <laughs> three goalkeepers. Sign him. Sign him. And, and uh, he, fi- he find in Brazil so many uh, talent players and it was great to be scouted by him. Did you know about his record at that at that point? Because also, I mean, he discovered Ronaldo, yeah. and then since then, you've got this huge connection with the Premier League. But he does; he works as an advisor for Roman Abramovich yeah. at Chelsea now. Yeah. yeah, he's amazing. He's just uh, uh, it's become natural for him. But I didn't know him in that time, you know. And I, I just uh, I just heard that someone uh, did see me on a warm up in that game. And I played well, by the way, in the, in the game. But uh, he left the stadium. He said he left the stadium just on warm-up. I don't need to see any, mm. anything uh, from, from a goalkeeper. You know, I'm not looking for any other player. I'm just looking for a goalkeeper. And that's it. And he left, he left the stage on a warm-up. So that's where that decision comes along to go to PSV. What sort of decision was that for you to make? Because you've been born and bred on a farm in a very small village, as you say. One of 12, you, you're the 11th in yeah. line of your brothers and sisters. Yeah. It must have been quite an upheaval to think, I've got to that now, leave my family. Yeah. It was a very difficult decision to make because it was, it was going my first time to live abroad as well. Mm. And, uh, How old were you? I was uh, 21 yeah. years old and... Yeah. And uh, it's never easy, you know. We have uh, some example like Richarlison here at Watford. Uh, I know how difficult is it uh, for them, you know. And uh, that was my difficulty that I find as well. And and uh, but uh, uh, it was a big opportunity for me uh, to give to my family when I dream to become a footballer, mm. to give them something mm. different, you know, some some hope in life. Uh, life is not just about money, but it's just about to have a good, you know, a good, a good thing. And uh, in that time, they they didn't have uh, even a house to live, uh, you know, even a toilet inside of the houses. We didn't have that, and uh, that was great opportunity for me to deliver something to them. 
Kate's a mom. She's got two children and uh, running around. I mean, they're sort of getting to the age now, aren't they, where you're starting to do hobbies. But can you imagine having 12? <laughs> <laughs> I cannot think of anything. I mean, I'd just lose them on a regular basis. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to take them all out yeah. anywhere. And if I did, I'd definitely come back with like two less than I started yeah. with. So one of 12 is just insane. Did you actively make a decision to help your family? Because, you know, down at number 11 Mm -hmm. in the order of brothers and sisters, it's quite a lot for a kid to take on to suddenly think, well, I'm going to be the one to help try and take my family out of this, to try and give them a better life. Yeah, because I was tired to see my mum every day come back from from work, you know. And, uh, yeah, it was difficult to take it. And uh, I was seeing my brothers and sister going away they was going to make for themselves. Mm. But it was difficult to make for my mom and dad, you know. And uh, I put that on my mind that I needed to do something different. Uh, that was was the encouragement that I, I had in that time. So I had to take it. I had to take it, the responsibility, if, even uh, if I, I wasn't the, the oldest. But uh, I was going to help them as well. If I helped my mom and my 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 dad, I was going to help them as well because they was going to be to be glad and and happy because of that situation. So I focus on that. You know, uh, doesn't matter what's going to happen, what's going to happen, but I have to do something else different to to help my family. Let's fast forward a bit before we come back to your playing career because have you managed to do that? Have you managed to? do exactly what you wanted is it is it about the fact that they can come and see you and you you just fly them over whenever mm-hmm. is that what you wanted i got more than what i wanted i just wanted to give them a <laughs> little bit better life but uh, god gave me more than than we deserved uh, as well and uh, more than we wanted more than i wanted but of course when uh, i go back home and i see my mom living in a good house and I can tell mom if you want to come over, just take the plane, you know. And uh, that's that's amazing. Mm. That's amazing. The feeling is amazing. I still sometimes uh, uh, think that I'm dreaming, you know, because uh, it's long way. It's a long way. It's uh, all the way from from Brazil, you know, totally different from Euro- Europe. And and uh, to live here and and to be successful is never. It's never easy. I'm uh, almost 14 years away from home and, and uh, I'm still trying to, to do my best every day. Do you have to get security now for that? Because in Brazil, there will be a bit of jealousy out mm-hmm. there as well, the fact that you've managed to get this life and, of course, there's so many poor people. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have to now protect that? Yeah, I needed to move my, my mom's house now. I need to build another, another one in a safe place. Uh, because the people start to realize that she was living there, you know, and uh, every time that I come over, it's not because I, I, I don't bother, you know, if they come to, 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 to ask for an autograph or something like that, but it's because of the security of her. I don't mind if uh, they take me, but if they take my mum, I was, I was going to be, you know, very upset as well, and we decided to move her. I decided to move her to another place, different place, which is is much secure I'm just picking up on that. Is there a very real threat in Brazil that 
you know, something might happen to your mum or to your family. Because I think it's hard for us to understand, particularly when we're, you know, looking at all the wealth in the Premier League and players yeah. buying things, yeah. excess, yeah. you know, gold dripping off yeah. them, flash cars and everything else. And it's hard and very humbling to hear that actually that's not your story. No. You've got access to that. But mm-hmm. actually that's against a backdrop exactly. in Brazil where you've got to think about security. You've got to think about safety, mm-hmm. something that a lot of players in the Premier League now, mm-hmm. don't, they don't have to think about it. No, it's amazing to live over here. You know, It's easy to live over here. Of course, I miss Brazil, but uh, sometimes you cannot enjoy what you... You work for the people don't have the same like here. You going anyone going the, to the same place, you know. Doesn't matter if you are a footballer mm. or if you are a house cleaner. You you, you go you go to to uh, to the same place in Brazil. No, you going to that's the rich people goes there, and uh, you cannot uh, get access on that place. That's the, that's the big problem. You know the difference between people in Brazil. Mm. You know, but uh, anywhere in Brazil now, if you go, uh, you have to, to, to be careful, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Unfortunately, you have to be careful because if you stop in a stoplight, for example, they can, they can catch you mm-hmm. in the stoplight. And unfortunately, uh, you cannot enjoy your life as, as uh, we do in England. You are very humble. That's, that's clear from what we've heard so far. Is it hard to see young, entitled players not having to work that hard and getting a similar wage or accolades to you? Is that, is that, that, that must be hard, you know, whether it's through their own fault or just the fact that they've come through a particular system within football or yeah. been surrounded by particular people, yeah. when they're not grateful, when they don't get that they have to do stuff in the community, yeah. when it's not just about what happens yeah. when they've got a pair of football boots on on the pitch is that is that hard that must be hard to see when so much excess isn't appreciated you know and people lose their humility yeah i i think so but it's not their fault as well you know it's not their fault they have to to get that from from you know from when they start to understand life if you just give them what they want so easy they will become that kind of, of person you know, and uh, uh, what uh, we used to get in Brazil is, oh, you're going to have a very difficult life. So when you get something, I'm going to, oh, I have to be careful with this because it was hard work. I have to say they, they thank God every day because it, it was a hard work and he managed to give me everything that, uh, that uh, I have now. So maybe uh, it's not their fault. It's from the beginning when they start to understand that uh, we have to change a little bit because their life is going to be much better. Mm-hmm. They will appreciate more what they, they, they get, what uh, they achieve, because they, they're going to, to realize that it was, very, it was very difficult to get that, you know. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Offside Rule TV, for exclusive video football content. What do you think people mean when they, they, they talk about goalkeepers and they talk about you being a different breed? <laughs> You're not like the, the outfield players. No. Um, what do you think people mean by that? 
Uh, I believe to face one by one and I <laughs> and sometimes to get the ball in the face uh, that has to be different because it's not out, outfit players they're not going to put the board in front of the ball like we do yeah. you know I understand this I understand on this way and so sometimes we have to give our life I risk my life so many times to put my face in front of the ball uh, because this is my job um, and uh, to be a goalkeeper, you have to be like this. You have to realize that uh, your life is in, in danger all the time. Is of course, the risk is minimum, but uh, there is a risk. You've touched on PSV already, um, and despite the initial reservation of the good people of Holland being not quite sure about a Brazilian between the six, you definitely convinced them otherwise. Winning four consecutive uh, seasons in the Eredivisie, advancing in the Champions League further than the club had done in quite some time. So overall, a really successful period in your career. What do you think of when you think of that time? What emotions are attached? Is there a favourite memory that kind of sums up that time for you? When you win things is, is the best to remember and it's the best to have uh, the better memory as well you know and uh, but my connection with the club my connection with the fans I believe made the difference and uh, uh, also Tottenham I, I had the great connections with the fans but uh, we didn't we didn't win anything and that uh, was a difference between PSV and, and Tottenham because we won many things over there you know and and when uh, you win things at the club, you're going to be remembered for, uh, remember for, forever, uh, I believe. Uh, my connection with the club is still these days the same as before. Riding on the crest of a wave at PSV, you attract interest from several clubs. Mm -hmm. You go to Spurs. Yeah. What's the difference? What happens when you get to Spurs? How different was it? Not just a new country, but a new league, yeah. new fans, yeah. new pressures. Tell us yeah. about it. I believe uh, uh, the difference is the league. The difference is the league. I find I find that when I first come, I find the league very difficult, very hard. It's still these days, but uh, uh, I know the shortcuts now, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's easier to deal with uh, all the situation with uh, the media, which is more here than uh, in uh, in Holland. I used to have that in Brazil, but. Uh, I believe I forgot about a little bit how to deal with uh, this kind of situation. Uh, and of course, uh, Spurs is a huge club in England. So the fans, they demand, uh, the media, they demand, you know, and every day you have to deliver uh, your best. So sometimes when you're not emotionally uh, very good and you are under pressure, like uh, I felt at that time, you're not going to deliver your best. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, uh, most of the, of the time was my fault to rely a little bit on someone else uh, instead of myself. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I played so many times with injured, so I should have done that. These days, you know, I was going to act very different because I, need, uh, I understand that uh, in this league you have to be pretty much 100%. Mm -hmm. How many games, how many, well, percentage of games do you think during that time you played with an injury or in pain? Yeah. How much of that I, was going on? I remember on? my first six months was very difficult. I had, uh, I had a knock on my rib. So Alan Hatter in that time in the training session. So I couldn't, in that session, I couldn't dive to my right. 
I was driving just driving just uh, my training session was just uh, to my left, so that uh, that uh, my first season uh, I probably seventy percent I I played with injury. Do you think uh, you should have been more honest about that? Yeah, I think so. I think so because I wanted to show you know pressure. Of course, yeah. I want to show what I was capable to do, but uh, sometimes when you're not not hundred percent. Uh, you are not going to to play well. So uh, I remember when uh, uh, that was later on, uh, when I was playing against Man City when we qualified for the Champions League. Uh, a week before, I had a grade three uh, groin injured, so I couldn't kick the ball in that game. And uh, Daniel Levy called, "Please play next game. We need you to play next game." And I was there again, you know, putting my face. So. Uh, fortunately, we won that game. But imagine if you didn't win mm. and uh, I was mm. in, in, in the fault. Mm. Nobody will ask would what. Even ask, yeah. Yeah. With, uh, Nobody yeah. would even What's, care uh, about no, your injury. No, no, no. <laughs> because uh, if I'm there, it's because uh, I, I can play. So uh, uh, I had this type of thing so many times. Mm. I had to smile to myself when you said I can't kick the ball because I was just yeah. thinking about how far you can throw it. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing that. I was doing that in the game. But imagine back pass. I, I was telling the, the defender, so please kick the ball forward. Don't give me the ball back. <laughs> so uh, if the ball was in my hand, it's, uh, it was easy to deal with. <laughs> Uh, the one thing that people are always going to remember you for, certainly Spurs fans, you know, there's the, the game against Sunderland where you actually saved two of three penalties. Oh. I mean, this is something that's still not been repeated in the Premier League. I did. And you, you, you repeated it. You repeated it, but no one else has ever repeated it. <laughs> yes, that was not common. Yeah, that's it's different stuff. Or oh, was special for me in that day. We lost the game. But uh, uh, I believe Darren Bent. He's still having <laughs> uh, yeah having a nightmare <laughs> with me because uh, I played against him against uh, when we were here at Watford at the beginning when I signed for Watford at the uh, Championship. I played against him and it was a penalty kick against me and he was so nervous, <gasps> so nervous to kick the ball, but he scored. He scored in this time. But uh, it's a time that uh, you have to be calm, you have to be relaxed. And uh, I'm, time, uh, I'm this type of person. In that time, I give the responsibility to the striker. I let him choose the, the side that he's going to kick. So if I, if I manage to wait until he kicks the ball, I have a big chance to save. And that's what's happened in that game. Are you someone who visualises things before they happen? Because you speak to a lot of footballers, especially strikers, mm-hmm. and they say, Basically. before it even kicked off, I, I saw myself scoring two goals. Yeah, but I don't think like that. Uh, it's, it's the moment. The moment is important. Exactly the time when the player kicks the ball is uh, the, the important time for me to react. You know, If I react in the, react in the, good, in the, in the right side... Uh, the opportunity is great for me to save it. There was a rocky period at Spurs. They signed Brad Friedel and you, mm-hmm. you know, slightly fell down the mm-hmm. pecking order. And then I was looking through your stats and your games and there's, there's a very definite period there from sort of August 2011 through to January 2013 mm-hmm. when you went on loan to Hoffenheim mm-hmm. where you didn't play a game. And I know injury played some part, mm-hmm. but that's a, a horribly long time yeah. to be without competitive football. Yeah. How did you get through it? What did you do and what was going through your mind? I mean, that, that must have been so tough considering all the success mm-hmm. 
that you'd had the pressure on yourself to provide for your family. You'd become a big success. And then suddenly you're staring at at not playing your very reason for being here. That was a very, very, like you said, a very tough time because that's the first time that uh, I was in that situation, you know. But uh, what I can say to you is that I learned a lot, a lot, a lot. When the things come, come well on your way, you will behave in different way. You're always happy, you know, you try to, to be positive all the time. But in the tough time, you have to be like that. Because it's so easy to be happy when the things is coming in your way. So in that time, I, I try to be positive all the time. I was the first in the sessions. I was one day, uh, 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 Luca Modric, he come to me, what are you doing here? What are you still doing here? You cannot be here for so long because you're a great goalkeeper. You can see on the training sessions, you know, but uh, I said to him, so my time will come. Mm-hmm. My time, I don't have to work. I have to work and work more because I need to be prepared when my times come. Mm-hmm. Was it a manager thing? I, I mean, why, why weren't you playing? You're, you don't suddenly become a bad goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. You, you, you've still got those skills. Mm-hmm. And I know that, 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 that other keepers came in, but they're... Did you try and rationalise it? Could you try and rationalise it? Was it a managerial thing? Was it, was it a personal... You, you, you know, why? I was trying to, to ask myself this question. And uh, maybe it's because I didn't deliver what they expected me to deliver to, deliver to them. Uh, so we had, I had a great time at Spurs as well. Great memories, you know. Uh, but probably they they thought that uh, I didn't deliver what they they expected. Uh, maybe they expected more and more. And sometimes you have a limitation, uh, and you have to understand. I I didn't that time uh, wasn't transformation for a good to a bad goalkeeper. But maybe they thought that was time to change. And uh, of course I were I was very upset in that time. But uh, uh, with myself sometimes. Uh, so uh, I gave away so many opportunities as well. I cannot blame just the, the manager. You know, I have to understand that I, I gave away so many opportunities as well. And uh, maybe it was a time, uh, you know, for me to, to, to have that time and think uh, your life wasn't going to be just a successful life. You have to understand that you're going to pass through a difficult days and a difficult period. And that was the difficult period in my life. It is about ups and downs, I think, for everybody, isn't it? You've got to go through the ups, you've got to go through the downs. um, And for a footballer, that directly reflects whether you're playing more or whether you're not. And then you get this lone move out to Hoffenheim. And it's pretty incredible stuff because you, you look at it on paper and you think, well, how did this happen? Because you three games and then you're captain. Yeah. How does that come about? <laughs> the manager was desperate to sign me because he heard uh, from another manager from Holland that I could change the dressing room mm-hmm. with my experience what uh, he understood uh, from, from what he, he heard. He said, we need you. We need you. We are bottom of the table. So I told him, I'm here and I want to help. The first thing that I realized when I went there, the dressing room was separated. Three players there, three players there. Wow. And uh, the goalkeeper was making huge problem. So 
uh, first thing that I said, if you want to go out of this situation, we need to become together. Otherwise, no chance. No chance. They can sign Messi here. Not going to, 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 to come out of this situation. So the first game was okay. The second game, we become a team. Not because of me, but uh, I think the influence, the, the people, they, they, start, uh, they start to, 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 to speak to another players. So we need to do this. Mm -hmm. We need to do that. We need to, to follow in the same way. Otherwise, uh, we, we're not going to make it. So, yeah, was, was that the case, I believe, uh, when the managers, uh, he saw in me someone that can lead uh, the, death, the dressing room was, was, that's, was because he gave me the, the captain. You've not exactly been a journeyman in football, but you've had a lot of dressing rooms. Because, I mean, if you look at Watford, the current club that you're at at the moment, you've had six different managers in your time. Yeah. You've obviously had Brazil when you've been yeah. part of that squad. Um, Hoffenheim experience, Tottenham, PSV. Do you know instantly when you walk in that dressing room, you, you talk about how you picked up on that at Hoffenheim and they were struggling. Do you know when you've got a success, you've got a successful team around you and you think, yes, we're going to do great because I can feel that already? I know the players. Yeah. Understand them straight away. The player that uh, we can count with them and the player that we can't. We and can. when, have, when have you felt that that has been the best? I believe at PSV mm. that was the best. Also, a, a, a period at, at Spurs as well, we had a very good togetherness. And, and uh, sometimes, sometimes, most of the time, the successful team, they, they have to be togetherness in there because otherwise it's not individual game. It's a, it's a qualitative and you need to be always, always together. O otherwise, if there is one there, and uh, the second they start to fall and the third they start to fall that's a problem that's where the manager has to to jump in the middle even the captains they, they have to jump in the middle they, they have to try to solve the problem otherwise uh, he can throw away the whole season See, at the time that you were at Spurs, and I, and I imagine that the period that you're talking about where you probably felt very optimistic, mm -hmm. you had some sensational players. You've already mentioned yeah. Luka Modric, but Gareth Bale as yeah. well. It feels like at Spurs now, their project's changing. You know, maybe they will hang on to Harry Kane. Maybe they won't yeah. let him go, but yeah. they let Bale go. And yeah. was there a part of you that was thinking, no, hold on to him? Yeah, but uh, to be honest, it was difficult in that situation to hold on to him. Uh, they could see in a long term... Spurs like they are today, uh, but it was opportunities for him as well. Disappointed, we get disappointed when we lose the best players, mm -hmm. and uh, and that was the case in that time when we lost uh, Modric as well. But uh, we have to understand that football is like this, but also the club has to be prepared to replace. They has to be clever and prepared, you know. And uh, sometimes you cannot lie on one, one player. You can you can have the example of Coutinho at Liverpool. Therefore, oh, we lost our season because Coutinho is leaving. So, no, they were, they were prepared to keep going, to keep pushing. And they are, they are playing Champions League. So, uh, uh, most of the time you have to think like this. You're going to, to lose the best players, but you have to be prepared to, to replace it uh, with a similar or better play. The Offside Rule exclusives are available to download for free via Audio Boom and iTunes.
You've played under a lot of different managers mm-hmm. in your time. Um, at Spurs, Juan de Ramos brought you in, but you were under Harry Redknapp there. Mm-hmm. Um, Luis, Felipe, uh, Luis Felipe Scolari, uh, when you played in Brazil, was your manager, I believe. Yeah, at Brazil, yeah. um, you've already mentioned um, at PSV. Tell us one of the most game-changing managers that you've played under. Who's really got you thinking? Who's Who's been a big influence on you? Helping you to get this mindset, this very, very level-headed mm-hmm. mindset. That's a lot about you, but it's also about the people who you've worked under as well. So I can tell the, the manager that's a two manager, Dutch manager. One uh, was Gosering, the first one, and the second one was uh, Ronald Koeman. I really enjoy to work under them, you know, because they understand very well the game and what they say every time is, makes sense. And uh, that was good. It was a good time. It was a good time with them. I really enjoyed them. They, they, even when I signed for, uh, Gusling signed me at PSV, uh, even that time I had a problem with my dad and uh, he understood that situation. It was... I find out that my 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 dad had a, a cancer in Brazil, so I need a time to be with uh, with him in Brazil. So he said he came to me and said, "You have the time that you need. You don't have to worry about the club. Go there and uh, see how you, your dad is, and then come back when you want." So that is the first of all is the respect, and uh, he showed me the respect that. Uh, it's not just about him. He, he wasn't think about him, about the club. Uh, he was think about uh, me first, and that uh, that was great. So I took that uh, for my life. I believe from from that time, that was uh, some kind of uh, management that uh, I wanted for my life. Not uh, maybe I'm not going to become a manager one day, but. Uh, uh, you have to understand first the situation that uh, mm. is going to hap- mm. uh, happen uh, with uh, with the players. Sometimes we are uh, the players are very stressful, and uh, because this uh, is a kind of the people just think about the money, about everything. But uh, uh, every day we we are under pressure, to be honest. And uh, when you have a manager that understand your situation, uh, it's a great, you know, and. Uh, I learned a, a lot with uh, with Gusering, uh, and also with uh, Ronda Kuma. We had uh, uh, not a long time together. Uh, he left uh, for manager Valencia, I believe, on that time. But uh, he showed me how good he is on the pitch and how good he can he can uh, he can be as a manager. You know. And what about a, a strange, weird, and wonderful thing? Because I I always I'm I'm always surprised by the answers we get. What? Yeah. <laughs> What things made you <laughs> perhaps a strange incident or a trade routine and, 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 and it always throws up something random? No, uh, uh, what uh, uh, sometimes I get amazed of is some manager, they with the fingers outside, they are showing up anything, but we don't train that. <laughs> we never train that. So they're giving oh, you show instructions. F- yeah, instructions with the fingers. Oh, like this, like this, like this. <laughs> And none of you know what's going on? Yeah, most of the time, uh, or, or pretty much 100% of the time. <laughs> yeah, because uh, if you, you want to pass some instruction, you, you, you need to, to call the captain or someone that is close, because 
it's not going to change the game. No. <laughs> you have to you have to prepare. Fingers are not going to no, do it. No, you have to prepare during the week. <laughs> if you're not prepared during the week, it doesn't matter. You're going to. Uh, of course, the team has to feel that your manager is outside yeah. to make some decision yes. to make some change. But he's not. Ma- he can have 15 no, fingers. It doesn't no, make a difference. No, no, no. He can put there. He can he, he can put his assistant there as well too. Oh, <laughs> but uh, he's not going to change anything. That uh, <laughs> that was amazing. Maybe you understand the finger gesture more than you think because you came to Watford and uh, you had one year deal with an option and now six years six years later four four years four years four years four years years, so you had a four year contract then on the table four and five uh, gonna be my fifth year Uh, next 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 season you understand all those finger twitchings then (laughs) more than you think I did I did because uh, in that time I needed to change my life you know, I needed to to come from from that uh, from that uh, difficult situation that I was at the Spurs, you know, and uh, Watford gave me uh, a great opportunity to continue in England because my family was settled, my my kids at the school, uh, and so today I cannot think about myself, just about myself. When I moved to Holland, it was just me, myself, and my wife. So it was easier to make decisions, you know. And it uh, was uh, a great opportunity that uh, Watford gave me. So, and uh, I wanted to make sure that uh, in that time, when I sat with the, the, the owner uh, to discuss, uh, I, I told him when I heard what he wanted me to do, I, I said, no, I want to make a one-year contract because we're going to make a better one after. And after, because the all the, the the years that I wore at PSV were the same. First year one contract, second year one contract, uh, another contract, third year another contract, and before I left, my fourth contract signed mm. in four years. So uh, uh, that 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 was every time I I normally I put uh, my target. If I go to my target, and that is a motivation as well. My motivation when I signed one year for Watford is to get promoted, and we done that. So, and then I went to the owner. That's the time. That's the time to sign a new deal. So let's do it in our way now. <laughs> he said, "No, you're crazy. No, no, let's do it different now that we done last time." <laughs> yeah. So and uh, and uh, that was good. Even uh, I believe the relationship with the club. Because we're not going to demand, like I said to him, if uh, I sign a contract like last season, a two years contract, I told him, don't worry, if I want to go, I will go because you're going to let me go, I believe, and I'm not going to want anything from you. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, that's uh, if I, um, I'm paying you back, you know, with my work on the pitch, I'm happy. If not, I'm, I don't want your money. And one demand of the club. Not just your work on the pitch, though. It's your work off the pitch. I mean, everybody that I speak to around Watford says if there is anyone that is in doing all the community initiatives, being someone who's out and visual and, and, and signing autographs and doing all those things, it's you. And, you, you know, you, you hear what you say about being a child and being perceptive mm-hmm. enough to know, actually, I want to give something back. Something mm-hmm. is in you that is generous. And do you, do you recognise that that isn't everybody, that not everyone gives as much as what you do I believe as a player we needed to do more 
we needed to act more for the community, you know, and uh, uh, even to sign an autograph is sometimes you're going to spend 20 minutes so. But imagine, imagine my, my uh, I put my, my sons, you know, my kids on, on this. If he goes to someone to ask for autograph and they didn't get it, that's going to, to be sad for them. Mm. So imagine if a kid come to me and I, I just turn back my, and uh, to him and, and run, run away. That's not me. I'm not going to put my head on, uh, uh, on the bed, you know, and uh, on the pillow and uh, sleep well with that. So that's why what I try, I try to do every time. Spend my time also, uh, not only on the uh, inside of the pitch, but outside as well. Because the most important thing is outside. Uh, who makes the club is not the player. But the fans is the community as well, so it's very important this environment with uh, with the people outside. We can always be close. That's why I had this, uh, uh, very good relationships with uh, with the fans because I like that. I I, I I like to be close close to them. And, and this giving back, it's now also the big brother putting the arm around the young Brazilian that's coming. You know, you've got Richarlison here, who I'm sure looks up to you. I mean, I've read interviews where he's talked about how he, he wants you to be always dealt with the respect that you deserve because he, obviously he's he's a big, big fan of what you've brought to not only Brazilian football, but to English football and Brazilians wanting to come to England. And I, and I believe as well you have a WhatsApp group which you've got all the Brazilians in the Premier League. It's got like David Luiz and is that right? Yeah, we, we do have. We we made we made this for uh, for good things. Uh, was a there were a guy here in. Uh, we are we are very close. Uh, you know, when you come, we come from Brazil, from Brazil, we are very close. We we try to have a contact. We go to uh, to each other house and, but we made this WhatsApp. We didn't have before. We made this WhatsApp to help a guy that uh, need a, a air ambulance to go to Brazil. So he, he couldn't afford that. And when I, I first, when I, I made the group and said, guys, let's help this guy. He's dying, he's going, because he needed to, to he needed a liver transplant. Was he a normal guy or a, or a player, a young no, player? Or? Someone that yeah. we un- understood through my wife, okay. that uh, he, he was, he, he needed help. So we contact, oh, today we still have this contact, this WhatsApp group, you know. And uh, uh, of course we, we are very close, uh, very close and we try to, to be together all the time. So with a World Cup on the horizon, putting your professional cap on now, for Brazil, how, for how excited are you about this World Cup for Brazil as a nation? I'm very excited. I believe we have uh, one of the best in the last three or four World Cup. And uh, I believe we can deliver uh, very good things in this one. So young players, but the players with experience in Europe, and and uh, this is what exactly we are going to face: strong teams, strong opponents, and and uh, but all all of all almost all of them are prepared, and and uh, they know they know what they're going to face. So uh, the manager is very good. And uh, 
he understand the place that uh, he has. Sometimes you have a Ferrari, but you don't know how to drive. So it's the Ferrari Neymar. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, uh, I believe uh, the Ferrari I can say today is, is, uh, is the whole team. You know, yeah. you don't know how which player you're going to put in which position you're going to put. So uh, I, in these years in football, I saw so many good good teams fail because uh, they didn't have uh, the driver, the good driver of the Ferrari. You know, so sometimes uh, it's make the difference. And uh, I believe Brazil has as well on the bench someone that uh, going to lead us. Uh, can, uh, I don't know. Maybe we can can win this. I mean, how ambitious a young player is Richarlison? Because you must speak to him. In your position, you had Cesar, didn't you, who was always ahead yeah, of you. Yeah, it must have been yeah, very frustrating. Yeah. And being a Brazilian outfield player, Richarlison has really got his work cut out to get into that team. But he seems like that is his number one focus. Yeah. Uh, first of, of all, in, in, uh, when you are humble... You you have more more opportunity to 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 get what you want, and he's a type of guy that uh, I love him <laughs> as a person uh, that I believe can uh, will make the difference for him. You know when uh, he goes uh, he go to that to compete with someone uh, in his level, so he can he can win that battle. Uh, of course, he's still young, and uh, he needs. Uh, sometimes he gets very frustrated still that which is good but you cannot be too much frustrated mm -hmm. because that will affect you for the next game this is the kind of things that I, I keep telling him you have what the player has to have is the quality mm -hmm. plus the person that you are so you have everything be, be patient your time will come you'll be the player that you want to be don't try to jump a step over, a step by step. You're gonna, you're gonna get there. We're gonna finish this up now because we've been talking, yakking uh, away to you for a long time, and it's very much appreciated. Um, we're a female-fronted football podcast. We pride ourselves in helping girls and women get into football, and we, we, you know, hope that that a lot of girls and women listen to this as well. Um, I, I bet my bottom dollar that there are at least two very strong women in your life. I know your wife's very dynamic. She's a businesswoman. She's a worker a bit like you. She knows yeah. what hard work is. Yeah. Talk to us about the women in your life. First of, of all, my mum, uh, that, uh, that uh, made everything for me to be what um, I miss uh, today. And uh, she works very hard. Mm. Imagine 12 12 in her life to look after. I can't imagine it's, it. <laughs> Too yeah, much. That's amazing. Uh, no one uh, went to, to, to a bad way, you know, and uh, everyone, uh, I believe she's proud of this because uh, she, uh, the hard work, uh, she hard work, and my, my dad as well. But of course, uh, she was influential for, for, mm. for this whole thing to keep... Uh, uh, us in a very good way mm. and then my wife come uh, in my life and she just changed my life you know I believe uh, the difficult things uh, in these days in football world is that uh, the, the people get uh, 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 attention from small things 
the players, the young players, they get attention from small things. And when a wife, such as my wife, uh, uh, goes to your life, they can make the difference on your career as well because uh, that was she did. You know, she when I start from Cruzeiro to PSV, uh, Spurs, Hoffenheim, I left them here and they went. They used to go there weekends to see me. So when uh, always supportive, you know, always there. You can count. Mm, a rock. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'll leave the last word to Lindsay Hooper as we wrap it up. Yes. Um, well, just thank you very much for, for giving us your precious time. And um, in terms of, of the future now, it's a really difficult one because you're at that point where you've still got some playing years left. Mm. But I guess, is there any part of you that's already thinking about the next steps? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, I don't know when it's going to be, but uh, I believe it's very close. It's very close. I have to think about this season. Uh, if I can be, if I can be important in a, in, in any area at the club, I will carry on. But if not, uh, I prefer to to get another step. But uh, that is, is something that uh, you cannot just do it. You have to think about mm. this uh, this to not regret after. So I always acted like this, thinking before, then I will act. But. Uh, 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 everything, uh, uh, God knows everything, and I understand that He has prepared uh, uh, great things for me after football. Good luck with it. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank <laughs> you. The Offside Rule Exclusives is produced by Offside Productions and edited by Lucy Lavery. Sports Social Podcast Network.